Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light. Perfect. <laughs> what a patriotic way to start our year. I agree. That, of course, is the national anthem. The song we will be covering today, it is probably the most covered song ever. Oh, has to be. Outside of others, you know, of course. And it has never had any controversy, and everybody loves it. Absolutely. All right, let's just get into it. <laughs> so this song actually has a lot of other stanzas to it that nobody even knows about. Yeah, I didn't even know about it until you told me. Well, it's because they suck. They, yeah. cut the, they cut the fat for this one. Yeah, as they should. I mean, we hear it before, like, everything, so... Of course, it was written out by Francis Scott Key. It was um, after he witnessed the Maryland fort being bombarded by the British during the War of 1812. Yeah, so. But he didn't write it until 1814, interesting enough. It became the national anthem uh, in 1931, and that's when it got its name, the Star Smuggled Banner. Originally, it was called the Defense of Fort M. Henry. Let's go, America. But enough about the history. This is not school. This is the Covered Podcast, where we talk about the most famous covers for every famous song today of course is the united states national anthem and before we get started make sure you reach out and follow us on spotify instagram youtube check out the website www.cravethesound.com and if you have any suggestions just dm us at crave the sound on instagram if given the opportunity would you sing the national anthem Absolutely not. No. <laughs> I feel like I would just get so nervous and I would forget or like mess up the lyrics and then everyone would hate me and I'd get thrown in jail. That's a big thing. And they do hate you for that. Yeah. There's a singer at a hockey game a few years back. She messed up the national anthem, then left and then tripped on her way out oh, on no. the ice. It was a rough go it for her. It just gets worse. I saw the uh, episode of Victorious mm. where Tori did that. Big fear of mine since. <laughs> But does the national anthem translate? Obviously, it was written at a different time of America. Does it translate when it comes to music? I mean, are, are you still get excited to hear the national anthem? It was probably bumping back in the 1930s. Oh, absolutely. But I'm not hearing any 808s. <laughs> I'm not hearing any snares. That's right. No hi-hats. I think, you know, some things should be kept like traditional. I think that, you know, if someone were to go too crazy with the national anthem, I think it would come across as almost distasteful, maybe. Well, I have never heard the Migos cover the national anthems before. So Hopefully. And I would love just... <laughs> <laughs> and the rocket's red glare. Bow, bow. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So a few air horns. Mm -hmm. That so, would sound great. So Migos, if you're listening to this, get on that, all right? Get on <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> there hasn't really been a rapper to cover this song. It, the closest we've gotten is really R. Kelly. <laughs> Right, R. Kelly sang it during a boxing match. The way he sang it, is it easy to say he maybe pissed a lot of people off for it? I'd probably rank it as the second most controversial um, <laughs> thing, he's done. thing he's done. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he, uh, he really butchered that one. Yeah. Now, I feel like this is one of the songs that you cannot put your own spin on, no matter what, because it's not going to sound good. No, absolutely not. And again, again, with a song that's so traditional, you're almost walking the line of, like, disrespect. This one, <laughs> yeah. this one can piss a lot of people off. Mm -hmm. And just the fact that it was R. Kelly, <laughs> odds yeah. are already stacked against him. He was going, put your hands up, like, in the middle of the national anthem. No, your hands over your heart. <laughs> 
the king of pop and soul. Oh, God. I think he beat up the national anthem more than any <laughs> boxer got beat up that night. That was the biggest. Interestingly enough, I actually think that Jimi Hendrix kind of did a good job with it. Because you want to talk about taking the national anthem and, like, making it your own thing and running with it. He added, like, a guitar solo, like, a one-minute-long guitar solo in between it. And I think it was cool. I think it was just because it was Jimi Hendrix that it was cool, but... I wouldn't say he really changed it. I think he took the national anthem, he plays it for a minute, and then he goes, okay, I'm just going to do a guitar solo. And now he rattles off just an insane, loud, just series of riffs. And then just goes back to the national anthem. And then just immediately transitions back into the second half. I'm I'm a big guitar guy, so I I did enjoy listening to it. Of course, this happened in the 1969 Woodstock, and I'm sure the people at Woodstock enjoyed it a lot more <laughs> because I'm sure they were on a lot more substances. <laughs> and that national anthem took place at a time where there was controversy going around about patriotism because that was the time of the Vietnam War. So him playing it, I mean, Jimi Hendrix is obviously, he was, an, he was an idol back then, just as he is now, but even, you know, greater so. So there was a bit of a controversy whether he was playing it as like a patriot or kind of an anti-patriot right. kind of, uh, or in protest. Because, you know, here's a thing of Woodstock, people just enjoying music. Are they doing that in protest of the things that, you know, uh, the national anthem, you know, stands for or is standing for at the time, which for a lot at that time was... The Vietnam War. Right, yeah. That was a rock star who played up to his ability. And a rock star that didn't do that is Steve Steven <laughs> Tyler, who sang the national anthem. Uh, obviously, Steven Tyler is the lead singer of Aerosmith, and he sang this song at the Indianapolis 500 in 2001. To open up that song, he takes that massive, just crater of a mouth <laughs> and plays the harmonica the with harmo- it. He busts out the harmonica for He busts out the harmonica that, you know? for like a, a two-minute solo on the harmonica, which is whatever. You know, I got to respect it, you know. There. No, that is, that's a respectable thing to do, I would say. But and then he starts singing. And it, Wait, would you classify <laughs> that as singing? <laughs> well, when you search it up on YouTube, the comments are turned off. So. <laughs> yeah. His style of singing works as... The lead singer it, of Aerosmith. When he's all alone... It's in front of people at the Indianapolis 500 500s. singing one of the songs. The National Anthem is a very hard song to sing. Yeah, absolutely. You need to hit notes that a lot of people can't hit. Right. And, and you have to hit them. People know when you don't hit them, it's too. It's glaringly obvious when you do bad. My God, he's like s- screaming. It's more just like screaming, screeching. Well, he does do that as the lead singer of Aerosmith. Right. He does a lot of screaming. Right. And like screeching, it comes off like flat here and it's not melodic at all. There is no. nothing good about this. I'm, my jaw was just dropped the entire time I was watching it. I don't think I breathed. I was just like, <laughs> I could not believe it. He's lucky he didn't do this at a NASCAR race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Either at the Daytona 500, he might not have many uh, fans. He might not have many fans after, <laughs> after that, that one. one. How is the harmonica going to be the best part of your set? And you're thinking, as, as a driver, you're about to lay your life on the line. You're thinking you're about to climb into a car and go 200 miles an hour for four hours. Right. And the last song I'm going to hear is... Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler's <laughs> national <laughs> anthem. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, that's not even the worst one we're going to talk about today. The NBA All-Star Game's got a bad rap when it comes to getting singers for the national anthem. And, you know, this, 
these ones hurt. These ones do hurt me deep down. Because um, Perky and Shaka Khan both, both flopped at their renditions. I mean, obviously, you know, we all grew up listening to Fergie, of course. So it hurt seeing her just hit the ground so hard with it. It is so funny when the cameraman's like panning like around the court, players and people in the crowd are just trying to hold it in, you know. <laughs> and at the end, they're all smiling. And I think it's because it's over. After that, you know, obviously Twitter was popping off. But one of the most popular tweets that I saw was... You know what? The All-Star game asked for Fergie and they got Fergie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about someone that tried to do something with the National Land, try to do something new? Fergie Fergie's <laughs> going to give you that. Fergie's going to do that for Fergie, you. Fergie tried. <laughs> Fergie tried to do that and she like quite literally butchered it. She so went, bad. Well, yeah something like that very few things in life like physically make me cringe but that was one of them i remember watching it live yeah and i was just thinking are we unpunked are we unpunked right now what's going on yeah no i remember watching it and just being like this is something I'm going to tell my kids about. Like, this is something that I will talk about for the rest of my life. <laughs> On a scale from zero to Fergalicious, what do you rate Fergie singing in the national anthem? You know, probably right on par with um, Big Girls Don't Cry. You know, mm. I rank it a Big Girls Don't Cry. <laughs> Out of Fergalicious. <laughs> Out of Fergalicious, yes, I do. Yeah, no, that song sucked too. I, you know, love you, Fergie. Love the Black Eyed Peas. Love your work. What was that song, Fergie? Come Her on. version of the National Anthem made a lot of girls cry. Yeah. A lot, a lot of big girls. A lot of big girls cry. <laughs> a lot of big girls cry. A lot of big, lot of big men, too, probably. There was that, and that was kind of funny. And, you know, Fergie's going to Fergie. It's, it's whatever. But Shaka Khan's just kind of hurt in that, you know, she, in the past, in the 80s, was, well, you know, was a good singer. Shaka she, Khan was the queen of funk. And it's more of a sad thing watching. Absolutely. You know, someone like that just not perform no she was one of my top artists last year i mm. love shaka khan like with all of my heart and even i can't defend her on this one even i have to admit that that was hurt that hurt <laughs> that one hurt i watched that one too live and i was texting you mm-hmm. and i was like come get your girl this <laughs> is not <laughs> this yeah. is not her day and i was i was so ready i didn't watch this one live and i was so ready to just like up in arms defender but then I watched it and I was like, damn it, Shaka, what are you doing? <laughs> well, she was probably she was just doing too much with it. She was doing things she can't do anymore. She right. can't hit those notes anymore because she's like 60. Like she's old. And it's okay to, you know, sing at a lower pitch than you did back in the day. Right, no one's exactly. gonna no one's gonna, you know, think any less of you. You're freaking Shaka Khan. If anything, if any, if anything, people would have thought more <laughs> than yeah. what than what the outcome of this one was. But yeah, that's a thing, like as singers and rock stars get older, I don't understand why they refuse to admit that they can't hit those notes anymore. Like, listen, at one point in time, you were insane and you were good and you're respected because of that. You don't got to prove nothing to anyone. Just stop trying. Just stop trying. And the last song that we will be talking about today is widely regarded as the best one of all time. Of course, Whitney Houston's Super Bowl national anthem that was sung in 1991, and it was a powerful one. Oh, it was gorgeous. It still, to this day, like holds up as probably the best one. And of course, the the late 
great Whitney Houston really laid down the blueprint of what a good national anthem sounds like. She didn't mess with it. She just just did it. She just went. And it was nice because there was a there was a live band. She had a great outfit. I love the white bandana. And of course, her voice is, you know, there's nothing to say about her voice. Right. Everybody knows her it's voice Whitney is amazing. Houston. Yeah. I would argue she didn't lay the blueprint. She completely set the bar way too high. Like <laughs> no one true. no one is going to pass that ever. If you haven't gotten a goosebumps from a national anthem, this is the one to listen to. Much like the Jimi Hendrix one where that national anthem was big and powerful because of what was going on in the world for the United States at the time. This one is a little similar as the beginning of the Persian Gulf War happened just 10 days after this song so obviously things were escalating in the country this song was even released as a single to raise charity for soldiers and families fighting in that war so there was a lot more to it than just the song and it was even re-released after the 9-11 attacks in 2001 and i can't think of another song that could have that kind of power right or another person singing it than whitney houston i mean it got up to number six during its second release in 2001 off of the Billboard Hot 100 chart. And that made her the first uh, musical act to ever hit the top 10 with a national anthem. It also went platinum. You have to take into account, not only is it a hard song to sing, she was in front of over 100,000 fans right. and millions watching around the world. There is no bigger stage in America than the Super Bowl. As far as all of the ones that we've talked about today, what is your favorite? Well... Obviously, Whitney, but ironically, Fergie, without a doubt, without a doubt. You love that little taste that she puts on it? Oh, I love it. And there's this one note. I'm not even going to try to recreate it because, you know, I don't want to put people through that. But just just <laughs> listen to it. <laughs> I'm going to go with Jimi Hendrix's. Right. While Hendrix was great, I just like the guitar. Fair. And I like the way he plays the guitar. He plays the guitar good. Good. He plays it very good. Good. <laughs> I'd say he's like... Yeah, he's, Jimmy Hendrix is pretty good at guitar. He's like, okay. Controversial opinion here. He's he's okay. Yeah, I mean... He's good. He's all right. <laughs> he's all right. He definitely watched a few YouTube videos how to play the guitar. Probably have one of those, like, tab books. Yeah. You know, yeah. for sure. Let us know your favorite. Let us know any ones we missed. Obviously, there are hundreds of people that have covered this song. If you've ever been to a sporting event, you've heard this song covered. Right. If you went to public high school, <laughs> you probably heard it <laughs> covered many times. So if someone at your middle school football game saying this song better let us know please i would love to have a conversation <laughs> and if we feel like we missed any of the bad ones let us know oh especially that one yes please <laughs> they, honestly i think i heavily enjoy bad ones more than i do the good ones as a society it is way more fun seeing someone screw up the national anthem than it is watching someone <laughs> like succeed at the national anthem because yeah. again you're not getting better than Whitney. So it's kind of just fun to see how bad we can go. Because now the bar's set to do worse than Fergie. Of course. With the passing recently of the great Betty White. Rest in peace, Queen. We're losing America's sweethearts, Kara. <laughs> that is why the next episode of Covered, of America's biggest sweetheart, Dolly Parton. <laughs> so join us next time on Covered when we cover Jolene.